What up? And welcome back to the Seller Seller Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, your co-host, and your guest today, Glenn Enos Jr. That's right. I'm riding solo. Why? Well, let's backtrack a little bit. There was some foreshadowing of this happening. As you all know, my loyal listeners, all three of you, Mason wasn't on the podcast last week, and we had to do a pod with just me and Sousa. We come to the decision that it was time to let Mason go as a co-host on this show. I mean, when you have someone who's won the toilet bowl twice in seven years of playing fantasy football, what's the point of having him on a fantasy football podcast? You tell me. I mean, the thing is, I love Mason Death. He's like a brother. But what good is he going to bring to a fantasy football podcast? This isn't, you know, it's not an anime dipshit podcast. It's fantasy football. And I love the kid to death, but seriously, what, what can he bring to the table? Besides stuff that you shouldn't listen to. And as far as Sousa goes, well... I beat his ass so bad last week in fantasy, he just quit it altogether. He wants nothing to do with the podcast, nothing to do with fantasy football. He's dropped out of all his leagues. I haven't heard from him since Monday. So now that leaves me to do the dirty work. That's right. I brought together the Stellar Seller Podcast. This was my idea, so I'm going to continue with it. I'm going to give you, the listeners, an episode this week, even when two of the three members decide to not show up. No, in all honesty, Mason's still on the podcast. I just like making fun of him. Um, but he couldn't do this week for some reason. Didn't give me a reason. I just said, fuck it. Sue's the same thing. Ah, I can't do tonight because, you know, too busy sticking my finger in my ass. Whatever. Whatever. I'll step up to the plate. And listen, you guys are listening at home. If you don't want to listen to me talk, I understand. If you want to hear your insight from Susan Mason... That's completely fine too. We have our Mason fans, we have our Sousa fans, and we have our Glenn fans. Those of you who do support me and what I've been doing on this podcast, I thank you. You're the people I'm doing it for. All three of you. But without Sousa, without Mason, football still rolls on. There's been a lot, a lot of shit that's been going on in this past week since week one has started and we did our last podcast. Today we're going to talk some news. We're going to recap some week one. We're going to give the first stellar star of the week. We're going to give the first fuck of the week. We're going to answer your questions, comments, and concerns. And then, of course, we're going to have some sizzling hot takes. That's right. We're going all the way. So first, let me bring you the news without Sousa. That's right, this is the news without Sousa. Sorry for that delayed intro, but I'm new at this. I'm new at the news. Alright, go fuck yourself. Antonio Brown. A-B. Tony Brown. Me and Sousa talked about this. We have to come up with a new nickname for Tony Brown. Because right now, Tony just doesn't cut it. I mean, what? What the fuck has happened? What has happened? 
This time last week, Antonio Brown was a member of the Oakland Raiders. Then Antonio Brown did everything he possibly could to get released from the Oakland Raiders. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If you OBJ haters have a problem with him being a little dramatic, calling him a diva, how do we feel about Antonio Brown? Because this guy's a fucking clown. It's bad. It's really bad. Antonio Brown got himself released from the Raiders after obvious interactions with the GM that really didn't go to both sides' way. Once they figured out that Antonio Brown's money wasn't going to be guaranteed to him and they took that away, Antonio Brown basically says, well, fuck this. My apology was for nothing. I apologize nothing. And then he goes out and posts a video on YouTube with audio from his phone conversation with head coach John Gruden. Guys, come on. Like, what are we doing here? This is high school shit. Why is Antonio Brown getting himself involved in garbage like this? Video comes out, millions of views. He posts on Instagram some bullshit about you gotta something similar like the line of the other guys like I'm a peacock, you gotta let me fly. No, it was nothing like that, but it's, it's basically the gist of it. So he asked the, the Raiders to release him, and what they do? They released him, and then he posts a video of himself reacting to him seeing the news that he got released, and he's jumping around like a four-year-old kid in his backyard, saying, "Thank God they released me. Thank God." Shut up. And then about an hour, hour and a half, two hours later, what happens? Probably the worst thing that could have happened in the football world. Antonio Brown signs a contract. He signs with the evil empire. He signs with the reigning, defending, six-time Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. That's right. I couldn't believe it either. Now you got people thinking in Boston, holy shit, kid, we got AB. I mean, two minutes ago I was calling this guy a fucking scumbag and I'm so glad he's not on my team, but now we got him. I'm actually excited. This is great. Tom Brady's going to get his seventh. AB's going to be the next fucking Randy Moss guy. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was happening, folks. But then, part of me was like, this is awful. But another part of me was like, this is Antonio Brown. Every other day, this guy makes news on some bogus shit that happens for no reason. Whether he's bitching about his helmet, whether he's got frozen feet, or whether he's just a crybaby. So what happens this past Tuesday night? A lawsuit gets filed. Against Antonio Brown for three occasions of sexual assault and rape. Yeah. Now, I knew Antonio Brown was batshit crazy, but I didn't know he was a rapist. I'm not saying he is, because there were lawsuits filed. In America, you are innocent until proven guilty. But I mean, come on. Like, what? Why? Why is this happening now? After all the shit that AB's been doing for the past month, 
this just adds to it. It's like you, you join a new team with the New England Patriots. Now you're ready to go. It's not the Raiders. You know, it's not like you never had a chance from the start. The Patriots are a good team. You're one of the best wide receivers in the league. Now you join them. You join the Patriot way. Bill and Tom. Here's where we get shit going. And then three days later after he joins the team. Rape allegations. Lawsuits are filed. A lot of people are calling it a money grab from his victim. Or alleged victim I should say. But I, I really don't know what to believe. I know Antonio Brown's batshit crazy. Do I think he's a rapist? No. I mean, I've read the New York Times article that broke the news. Uh, it's crazy if it is true. But I've also, you know, heard from his attorney. Well, I haven't heard from him personally. I mean, doesn't call me. But I've heard people writing. I guess you can't hear people read. I've seen articles about what his attorney has said. How it's a money grab. How Antonio Brown denies all allegations. This could be a thing where she's just fighting for money. I mean, a guy signs a contract and you leak allegations three days after he does it. Apparently the allegations were back in 2017 and 2018. Why would you wait till now to say something? It's a little fishy. I mean, I I really don't know what to think. But it's possible that AB goes on the exempt list. Which means, you know, it just goes from one extreme to the other with this guy. Excellent player. One of the best wide receivers to ever play football. But absolute head case. And if you're the Patriots, now there's two things that, that, that could have been happening from the Patriots standpoint here. One, before you signed AB, you knew about a possible lawsuit that's filed. Because a lawsuit just doesn't get sprung on you all of a sudden. Like, they have to go to court and do it. So, A.B. definitely knew about a possible lawsuit coming. But do you think he told the Patriots? And if the Patriots knew about it, you think they run the risk of signing him and supporting him? I mean, the Patriots, they don't have any history in the past to be shady. Or, you know, I mean, the owner's a pretty swell guy. i never seen him do anything wrong in the past. The coaches, you know, they, they play the rules by integrity. And the quarterback. No, in all seriousness, I joke. But I do think the Patriots definitely knew something uh, before the signing of Antonio Brown. And even if they didn't know, they're never going to admit it. No, oh, wait. If, even if they did know, they're, they would never admit that they did know. But here's the thing. like, Say if they didn't know, and they sign Antonio Brown... And they take a chance on him. And then this thing happens where it comes out like you gotta be on Belichick's shit list for making him look like an idiot. I don't think that's the case. I think the Patriots did know about it. All I know is Bill Belichick's tired of talking about it. You've seen it in a press conference this week. Any questions about Miami, he asked, after being fed up from all the AB news and drama. Uh, drama is not something that sits around well with Bill Belichick and the Patriots organization. And AB comes drama. When AB's around, drama is near. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I know the NFL launched their own investigation 
on the on the case here. Like I said, the exempt list is possible. From what we know, he should be playing this Sunday before anything else happens. But man, crazy. Crazy. We have to think of a new nickname for Tony Brown because obviously it's gone way beyond that. In other news, in football-related news, Hunter Henry, another guy who can't catch a break, but it's with injuries. In week one, Hunter Henry fractured his knee. That's fancy words for broken knee. He will be out from four to six weeks, but the good news is there's no placing him on injured reserve at the moment. So that's pretty optimistic about Hunter Henry. All you Hunter Henry owners out there, it sucks because you thought, you know, this would be his breakout year. But I keep telling Souza because of injury, it's it's like a wait and see thing with Hunter Henry. If he stays healthy and plays a whole year, he has, I have no problem with him being a top five tight end. I think he has the skill set and he can do it. But the fact is, he just can't stay healthy and it sucks. Um, people who are riddled with injuries over the course of their career, you hate to see it. You honestly do. Another big injury-related news is Tyreek Hill uh, with a clavicle injury this past Sunday in week one. Now, the timetable for an injury like this is four to six weeks, according to the team. He's definitely out for Sunday's game coming up. But the trainer, very more optimistic, said in quotations, truly, this injury is a week-to-week injury. So even though the timetable four to six weeks is out there, I'm sure they're going to be monitoring him week to week. And if he feels like he's healthy enough to play football, he's going to be out there as soon as he can. And then last but not least, it turns out the Geis is not nice. Geis today went to surgery to trim a torn meniscus and will be out indefinitely. Which means, for fantasy, if you drafted Darius Geis, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I thought the guys would be nice. I thought he would be what AP was last year and maybe possibly even more. So all you guys owners out there, I do apologize. Guys is not nice this year. Hopefully he will be nice in the future. But for fantasy, now is the time to invest in Adrian Peterson or Chris Thompson as long as he can stay healthy. AP last year was putting up Steady RB2 numbers with RB1 upside. Last week actually was the first year in Adrian Peterson, I'm sorry, first game in Adrian Peterson's career where he was a healthy scratch. Did not suit up, did not play football, but now he's being listed as a starting running back, obviously with the Geis injury. So I advise that you invest in AP because in my opinion, he is the greatest running back of all time. And he's just been timeless. He showed what he can do last year with the Redskins. Why not do it again? Of course, against a Dallas Cowboys team this week with solid defense. Not sure how good the matchup will be. But still, um, I don't mind taking a chance on AP. And that was the news. Uh, without Souza, Because once again, he is not here. Mason is not here. I'm riding solo today as host, co-host, and guest. Let's go over a little week one recap. A lot of people were disappointed with um, with the Thursday night game. Bears and Packers. You know why? Because the Bears suck. Their defense is phenomenal. 
Now, if you told me the Bears would hold Aaron Rodgers to 10 points and lose the game, I'd tell you it's probably because Trubisky blows. And I'd be correct. Mitch Trubisky goes 26 of 45, 228 yards, no touchdowns, and one interception. The only touchdown scored was from Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. Once again, I'll say it again. Jimmy Graham. If you expected one player in this game to score a touchdown, did you think it would be Jimmy Graham? Because I sure didn't. I don't think it rises any stock for Jimmy Graham, but who who freaking knows with tight ends? If you want to start Jimmy Graham, you know, as a flyer for a tight end, I mean, I don't mind it. Tight ends are so... After, like, the top five or six, after that, it's... It's very scarce and, you know, it's more like a game of chance when you roll out a tight end there. Packers take care of the Bears. Uh, big win for them on the road. Going on a Sunday, I'm going to tell you one thing. How about them Cowboys? Dallas Cowboys beat up on rival New York Giants 35-17. to Dak Prescott, 405 yards, 25 of 32, four touchdowns. Listen, if you're a Dak, Dak, Dak Prescott owner, like I am, you're a very happy camper. If you're a Cowboys fan, you're a very happy camper. Cowboys look good. Defense look good. But the Giants, they still had their fantasy studs. Saquon Barkley, only 11 carries, 120 yards. So for a number one pick in the draft, I mean, you're kind of happy with that. He's averaging over 10 yards a carry. Evan Ingram, number one tight end this week. And it showed. And then on the Dallas side of the ball again, everybody got a little piece of the pie. Cooper, Gallup, Randall Cobb, and of course Zeke even had a touchdown himself on limited carries. Good things I'm seeing from the Cowboys. I like it. I think the biggest surprise of the week was the Titans defeating the Browns. 43-13. to We had to put the hype on hold in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield didn't really have a pretty good game. Only one touchdown, 285 yards. He passes 25 of 38. And really, OBJ, he had a steady game, no touchdowns, but we got to see more from this Cleveland offense. Nick Chubb wasn't out there on goal line carries. Hello? Um, a lot of people invested Chubb this year. And, and I hate that. I'm going to say one thing about NFL coaches, because we'll get to this when I review the Rams game. When you bring in a backup running back for goal line carries, you're realistically, you're realistically taking out your dick and getting ready to fuck fantasy football owners. Why was... I don't even know the guy's the backup name for Nick Chubb. But he was out there on goal line carries, and Nick Chubb wasn't. I don't know if it's going to continue like that, because I do like Nick Chubb. He's a good player. But, I mean, come on. Why why do that? Why literally give us blue balls? You know, you, you the drive's all up. You get to the goal line. Yeah, now it's Nick Chubb time. Now it's Todd Gurley time. And then you got the back of running back lined up behind center. And uh, getting ready to score and steal some fantasy points away from your studs. It's not cool. It's not cool. Because the thing in the NFL is winning games doesn't matter. It's all about fantasy. It's all about us fantasy owners sitting at home on our asses 
yelling at the TV. It, it doesn't, you know, the NFL guys, they're just NFL players. They're just putting their bodies on the line every single week. We don't give a shit if they win or lose. We only care about our fantasy teams. So clean it up, coaches. Let the starters get the goal line carries. Titans were dominant. Derrick Henry, I love that guy to death. What a performance. Now moving on to the ass whooping of the week, the Ravens. <laughs> the Ravens dropped 59 points against the Miami Dolphins. 59. Uh, 42 in the first half. Lamar Jackson had himself a day. I don't think he had an incompletion until the third quarter. He goes 17-20, 324 yards, and 5 TDs. So I'm going to write this down. It is confirmed that Lamar Jackson, huge TD guy. Mark Ingram, two touchdowns on 14 carries for 107 yards. And then Hollywood Brown, showing what he can do. Now this guy was only on the field for like 14 snaps. But he gets four receptions for 147 yards and two touchdowns. Hollywood Brown right now, I'm going to say, is probably, it looks like I'm watching, well, this is, this is one game from week one, but I think right now, he has the potential to be the closest thing to what Tyreek Hill is, as far as explosiveness. Like, this guy could take a slant to the house, like he did last week against the Dolphins. This is AB's cousin, too. So, maybe, you know, some of the talent will rub off in the family, you know, bloodline. Hopefully, some of the, some of the batshit crazy doesn't rub off on him, but. Hollywood Brown is definitely a player to watch. And if you own him on your fantasy team, you want to keep him. Now, I'm saying that now. I just traded him last night. But sometimes you don't listen to what I'm saying. The Vikings beating up on the Falcons at home 28-12. to uh, I want to say Kirk Cousins only attempted like 10 passes in this game. Because Dalvin Cook was a fucking beast. 21 carries, 100, 111 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Falcons couldn't get anything going. And it's pretty embarrassing. They scored uh, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, basically in garbage time. Matt Ryan goes 33 of 46, 304 yards, two touchdowns. It's on a, it's on a you know, this decent fantasy day. Like I said, it was salvaged by garbage time. But, I mean, uh, you expect more from the Falcons. I guess uh, the Vikings, you know, if they can get the running game going with Dalvin Cook, he just might be stellar star of the year, like Susan predicted. Um, the Bills. The Bills ended up squeaking past the Jets in a game that it looked like the Jets were going to win. Bills score 14 fourth quarter points behind Josh Allen. They overcome a 16-point deficit, and they beat him 17-16. Big news on this game, though, is that Le'Veon Bell looked like Le'Veon Bell. Um, He won the ball a lot. He was out on the field for every snap of the game, which is kind of crazy. And he succeeded. The Eagles came back to defeat the Redskins, 32-27. First half, it was all Redskins. They were up 20-7. Second half was all Eagles. They come storming back and getting the victory. Carson Wentz has a pretty good game. Um, Alshon Jeffrey and then Deshaun Jackson. Welcome back to Philly. Holy crap. Talk about big play uh, explosivity, if that's a word. If it is, I just made it up. Or if it isn't, I just made it up. And if it is, I know words. Just ask Susan Mason and Scrabble. Um, Eagles squeaking out a window of the Redskins. And now the Rams and the Panthers. See, this game kind of pissed me off. Because any game I watch with the Carolina Panthers, 
pisses me off because they're just so mediocre to watch. But they should rename they should rename the Carolina Panthers to the Carolina McCaffreys because this guy is a fucking beast. I want to say he had over 30 fantasy points on 19 carries, 128 yards and two touchdowns. I don't have his reception numbers in front of me. Oh, right here. 10 receptions, 81 yards. Um, let me look it up real quick. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, I just Googled it said it's good. But the Rams still win. Todd Gurley was a concern. In the first half, I'm pretty sure he had like four or five carries for like 12 yards. And you're like, what the fuck's going on? Sean McVay told me on Thursday that, you know, we're not reducing the workload for Gurley. So here I am, a Todd Gurley owner, getting ready to see, you know, 25 points like every week of the season last year. And I wasn't seeing that. But thankfully in the fourth quarter, Gurley turned it around. Ended up getting 100 yards. Um, he didn't find the end zone because, you know, like I said about backups coming in in the goal line. Malcolm Brown did, which, I mean, that's cool because, you know, everybody in week one started Malcolm Brown, I'm sure. So that worked out for everybody. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Gurley um, over, the course of, over the course of the season, really. Maybe because he didn't play a whole preseason snap or one preseason snap that... They were just trying to ease them into it. But why would you say that on Thursday, Sean McVay? I'm talking to you. You got me all confident about Todd Gurley. Now I watch week one. And now I don't know what to think. I don't know. Chiefs gang up on the Jaguars 40-26. to Pat Mahomes is still Pat Mahomes. He's the reigning MVP. He's probably going to win MVP again. 25-33. 378 yards, three touchdowns. Sammy Watkins, what the hell? If you told me Sammy Watkins was going to have nine receptions, 198 yards, and three touchdowns, I would have said go fuck yourself. But he just did. So go fuck yourself. Shady McCoy looks like Shady McCoy. 10 carries, 81 yards. I'll tell you what. If Shady McCoy is in this Kansas City Chiefs offense and he can be the running back that they need him to be, Kansas City is going to be right back to the AFC Championship game. I'm not going to say Shady McCoy is going to replace Kareem Hunt. But man, he looked good. Him and Andy Reid have history together. I'm, I'm, Damian Williams got the touchdown, but I'm not even mad. Because I think Shady McCoy, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be a key part of this offense. And the Chiefs are going to go right back to the where they were last year. AFC title game against the Patriots. Jaguars' Nick Foles gets knocked out of the game in this one, and Minshew comes in. He actually had a pretty good game. I mean, the game was probably over by the time he came in. So, I don't know. Take it as you will. But it's going to be interesting to see. I know I know Nick Foles will miss some time as well. And uh, I guess we're going to have to roll with Minshew for now for the Jaguars' wide receivers. Probably the best game of the week. Excuse me. I just had a burp. Probably the best game of the week. L.A. Chargers at home against the Indianapolis Colts. Chargers go ahead 30-24 to in overtime on the back of Austin Eckler. Scoring three touchdowns. Melvin Gordon, who? Not what you want to see if you're a Melvin Gordon owner. You wanted to see Austin Eckler land right in his face. You wanted to see Justin Jackson shit his pants. 
And you want to see the Chargers lose. That way they need Melvin Gordon to come back. I still don't know when Melvin Gordon's coming back. Nobody knows. If you have him in fantasy, hang on to him. Worst comes to worst, he's a wasted draft pick. He doesn't return for the season. And you're a fucking sucker. But that pain is a lot worse than you trading him to somebody else. And then he does come back. And then he does go off. And you're the asshole who traded away Melvin Gordon. Don't be that asshole. Another good game. The Seahawks. Squeak it out against the Bengals? The Bengals were actually in a game. I know Mason was very surprised to see that. But they had a chance to win right up until the end. Um, Seahawks, I don't think they played to their full potential. Chris Carson had a really good game. But the only wide receivers that were targeted were Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I mean, it's going to have to do a little more than that. Seahawks will be fine because they have good defense, but the, the Bengals surprised. Andy Dalton throws for 418 yards, two touchdowns, 51, 51 attempts. John Ross catching a Hail Mary pass at the end of the first half. He ends up going for seven receptions, 158 yards, and two touchdowns. I don't know. A.J. Green, he's going to come back. When he does, we don't know. But the Bengals impressed, I think, in Seattle in a hostile environment. They had a chance to win that game, and they didn't, but at least they were in it. A lot of people thought it would have been a blowout. The Lions faced the Cardinals, and they tied. Moving on. Now, Kyler Murray had a pretty good um, fourth quarter comeback. He erased a 16-point deficit, and he forced a tie because in overtime, nobody could do anything. Um, just a couple field goals. Nobody ended up taking the lead at the end. Period ran out. We got ourselves the first tie of the year. Whoop-de-doo. I mean, a tie, like, they should just kept playing. Ties suck. They really do. I guess it's better than a loss. I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers win their first game of the season against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who looked awful. Jameis Winston, what are you doing? I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. He only had one touchdown, 194 yards. Mike Evans was completely irrelevant. For you sorry suckers who picked up Mike Evans on the back half of the second round. Sucks to be you. Well, the front half of the second round. I always get that mixed up. But no, he'll turn it around. He will definitely turn it around. He's Mike Evans, right? I mean, Jameis can't be that bad all season, right? I don't fucking know. And then the Sunday night game, the New England Patriots, reigning defending champs, just off the news that they had Antonio Brown put a whooping on the Steelers, just like I said they would, because they own the Pittsburgh Steelers, 33-3. Tom Brady... Still looks good in his 20th season. 24 for 36, 341 yards, three touchdowns. Rex Burkett has a good game. And of course, the obvious number one for the New England Patriots, Philip Dorsett, grabs four receptions for 95 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, obviously we saw that coming. Josh Gordon with a great touchdown as well, barreling through two defenders. And Julian Edelman is still Julian Edelman. He's the guy who's going to make plays in big moments when they need it, usually on third down conversions. And that's what he does. Patriots walk all over the Steelers. Something's going to happen in Pittsburgh because they looked shitty. And then Monday night, the Saints 
Spree got a win over the Texans in probably the craziest minute of football I've seen in the past year because football hasn't been around all offseason. Drew Brees goes for 32 of 43, 370 yards, two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, 13 carries, 97 yards, and Michael Thomas does Michael Thomas thing. Double-digit receptions and 123 yards. Um, Deshaun Watson is one of the top rising and upcoming quarterbacks in the league, and he is just so much fun to watch. I love him. I love this guy. The fact he came down with under a minute left and two plays torched the Saints defense, only to give Drew Brees too much time to come down and lead to a Will Lutz 58-yard field goal. By the way, that was just bad defense. Why are you playing zone at the end of the game when Drew Brees only needs five or six yards? How about you blitz and then just man up? Put pressure on Drew Brees? Because Drew Brees is going to pick apart his zone like somebody picks a booger out of their nose. That's my analogy when I'm riding solo. And then the latest game of the night, the Raiders over the Broncos, 24-16. Raiders look good. No A.B., no problem. Derek Carr looked like a brand new quarterback. And then the rookie Josh Jacobs, simply stunning at living up to the hype. 23 carries, 85 yards, two touchdowns. He had over 100 scrimmage yards. He's the first running back to have over 100 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns in their debut since LaDainian Tomlinson. Yeah, LaDainian Tomlinson. Who's that? Some scrub. I don't know. But Josh Jacobs is in the same company with him as far as one week in his career goes. On the Broncos side of the ball, uh, Cortland Sutton. Seven receptions, 120 20 yards. Uh, Joe Flacco liked looking at Sutton, probably because most of the attention was focused on Emmanuel Sanders. But Joe Flacco, he didn't do too bad. The first half kind of sucked. Second half, he picked it up a little bit more, but the Raiders were able to hang on. And now, John Gruden... And the AB-less Raiders are 1-0, looking to improve next week. So after that week one recap, I'm going to tell you the stellar star of the week. Brought to you by Ready to Rumble Vibrators. That's right. Finish the job that your man started. My stellar star of the week is going to have to be Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins goes for nine receptions, 198 yards, three touchdowns on 11 targets. Obviously, the absence of Tyree Hill helps out Sammy Watkins, but he was a beast. Can he duplicate it going forward? I don't know, because I feel like the Kansas City offense, somebody gets fed every week. It's somebody different. Next week could be Travis Kelsey. It could be uh, Nicole Hardman with no Tyree Hill. It could be the running backs. It could be Damian Williams and Shady McCoy. But one thing stays constant. Pat Mahomes is the best fantasy quarterback in the league. And he just might start to be, the I'm not going to say he's the best quarterback in the league, but the best statistical quarterback in the league. Uh, he's a fantasy menace in a good way. But Sammy Watkins, still the star of the week. In our league, he got 42.3 fantasy points. Man, I'd hate to have that on my bench. I don't know. If you, if you didn't start Sammy Watkins... You might as well just punch yourself in the dick. Because that's probably what it felt like. Because if you started Sammy Watkins, then maybe you would have had a chance to beat my fantasy team. But you didn't. 
all you people at home who didn't start Sammy Watkins. Just saying. And now we flip the spectrum and go to the fuck of the week. Brought to you by PBJ Lube. Uh, I forgot how the slogan goes. Mason usually does this. I'm going to say if if, if, you, if you're going to get fucked, might as well be with Lube. I think that sounds about right. Fuck of the week this week. There's none other. There's a couple candidates for this, actually. Devontae Adams is a good candidate. Only four receptions on 36 yards. Devontae Adams is probably one of the first two wide receivers off the draft board this year for most fantasy leagues. But, I mean, it's against the Bears' defense. I kind of, you know, I'm not going to bail him out because he faced the Bears' defense. He still should be a top fantasy wide receiver each and every single week. So he was a, he was a candidate. Um, I had somebody else in mind, too. Oh, Mike Evans was also another candidate. But this week, we're going to go with Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle and the New England Patriots. Now, let me let me let me set up the story for you here. If you told me the Patriots were going to score 33 points and beat a team 33 to 3, you would say, "Oh, so Sony Michelle basically run out the ball the second half, probably scored a couple touchdowns. It was a blowout. Michelle gets a lot of work." Well, he got some work. He had 15 carries. But he only had 14 yards. And even Mason knows that when you have more carries than yards, it's not going to work out. Only 1.4 fantasy points total. If you had Sloan Michelle in your lineup, I'm sorry, but week one wasn't your week. You know who you are. So that's that. Fuck of the week brought to you by PBJ Lube. Um, if you're going to get fucked, might as well be with Lube. I want to go back for a little bit back to the news because I had something I want to say about Antonio Brown. Uh, It was a screenshot that I did from the news. So Antonio Brown's agent, Drew Rosenhaus, appeared on SportsCenter. A little odd when your client is under lawsuit allegations of rape and whatever. I'm not going to get into it. On Antonio Brown, he said, I wouldn't be doing this interview if I didn't believe Antonio. These allegations are false. He denies every one of them. I'm very confident his legal team has facts that will prove this. He goes on to say, I'll repeat this. This is a money grab. I believe this. This is a money grab. Rosenhaus then avoids the question on whether the Patriots knew about these allegations. In quotations, he says, I'm not going to get into that element. I'm not going to get into my discussions with the Patriots or it may have been not discussed. Patriots definitely fucking knew. You're not... They, they knew. Okay. But yeah, that was my A-B tidbit. I forgot to mention that earlier in the news. So, um, props to Susan because he usually does the news without any hiccups. Just kidding. We know how that goes. Um, so that was that. But I did post on our Instagram, if you had any questions, comments, or concerns to be featured on the podcast, we're just going to mention a couple of them right here. We have one that says... Can't believe Glenn Enos Jr. is going to lose to Gomes. Gomes, thanks for your input. But that's not going to happen this week. Um, You were the guy I was referencing to owning Sony Michelle. And you also have Vance McDonald. And you also put up 59 points this past week. So we'll see how it is after week two. 
this is these Instagram responses. Why don't you let your girlfriend guest star ever when she has a killer fantasy team? I'm guessing that's towards me because this is my girlfriend sending this in. Yeah, you have a killer fantasy team, Chels, because you're in a four-person league with three other girls who draft their team based on how good the players look. Pretty sure Tom Brady was the first overall pick. But it doesn't even make sense. Let me get an actual question here. This is on the Twitter. I apologize. Twitter app is acting up. Okay. Who would you rather start this week? Pat Mahomes versus the Raiders? Or Lamar Jackson against the Cardinals? Mason, Susie, you want to take this one? No? Alright. Um, well, here's the thing. Lamar Jackson was spectacular last week. Um, obviously five touchdowns against the Dolphins, but that's just it. It was against the Dolphins. Cardinals really aren't a good team either. I don't think a performance like that will be duplicated for Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's still a good fantasy option at quarterback, but if you're comparing any quarterback to Pat Mahomes, I mean, come on. Like, if you if you have Pat Mahomes, you're going to start Pat Mahomes. Because think of it this way. Like, say if you start Lamar Jackson, and then you have Pat Mahomes on your bench, and then Lamar Jackson goes back to being, you know, like, not quarterback material Lamar Jackson... And he sucks. And then you have Pat Mahomes who rips it every single week on your bench and gets you over 25 points. You're going to ask yourself, why the fuck did I start Pat Mahomes? Rather than... I, th- I think there's a better chance of Pat Mahomes having a greater game than Lamar Jackson. Because if you, if you start Pat Mahomes and he does what he consistently does each and every single week, he's a walking 20 points. You're not going to be that mad if Lamar Jackson outscores him because... How can you expect that from Lamar Jackson? I mean, he's nice, don't get me wrong. This is Pat fucking Mahomes. This is Big Stones Mahomes. So yeah, I'm going Pat Mahomes against the Raiders. Um, should be a good game, actually. I think the Raiders look good. No Tyreek Hill could be a factor. But I'm starting Pat Mahomes. If I have Pat Mahomes on my team, I'm going to start him every single week. If I could start him at six positions, I would. That's how much I love Pat Mahomes. So how's your QCC questions, comments, concerns? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, you listen to the podcast, you want your questions answered on the pod, we'll answer them. They might not be the answers you want to hear, but it's the answers that you need to know. Uh, Moving on. Oh, I was doing my rundown of the podcast and I stopped after questions, comments, and concerns. But I think I know what's coming next. Uh, I just can't put my finger on it I think it starts with a sizzling hot take brought to you by Der Burgers I guess I'll ask your listeners at home are the burgers good? that's right Der week 2 sizzling hot takes coming up I guess just from me um, I'm going to go with a real sizzling hot take here. After the Patriots just beat up on the Steelers 33-3, to and the Dolphins just lost 
to the Ravens, 59-10. to 10. Uh, Patriots and Dolphins are playing each other in week two. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. It's going to be a cakewalk for New England, no questions asked. But I'm going to tell you this. These division games, teams play each other tough. Nobody knows the Patriots like the Dolphins know the Patriots. That might not be true, but it sounds good. My sizzling hot take. Now, now, before you know, I'm, it's not going to be burnt. I'm not going to say, uh, uh, Dolphins are going to win, guy, because the Patriots could be so off guard with the AP drama. Uh, Bob Kraft's going to be in Florida again. He might get a tug job. Fuck off. Patriots are still going to win this game, but it's going to be a lot closer than people think. This is going to be a one-possession game. Patriots over the Dolphins. Call it hot. Call it sizzling hot. I call it a hot take. Now, we'll never know what Suzer Mason's sizzling hot takes were for this week. Because they are too busy fingering each other in the butt. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But, I mean, can't you do it after the podcast? No? Whatever. One last thing before we wrap things up. I know uh, you can only listen to me talk for so long. We're going to go through the game picks real quick for week two because we do have football coming up this weekend. It's weird how football happens on every Sunday. Um, Let me get my game picks out here. I will go over the game picks last week too uh, to see how we're going with our pigskin pick'ems. By the way, we have a group on ESPN called the Stellar Seller Podcast. It's a public group. If you want to enter the Stellar Seller Podcast group for pigskin pick'em on ESPN... You can join right in. See how your picks do against me, Susan Masons. Last week, Susan Mason both tied with 10 correct, and I got 9. Which means it's not how you start, it's how you finish. I'm going to beat these guys this year. It's just going to take a little time. I'm only down 1, it's not that bad. Uh, But for this week, let's start up on Thursday night, tonight's game, which is taking place in about an hour from now. Tampa Bay Buccaneers head down to Carolina. Give me Carolina. This is a big Christian McCaffrey game. Uh, Bucks just didn't look good against the 49ers, so I'm picking the Panthers. Then Sunday rolls around, and we got the Bills against the Giants. That's pretty weird because I'm pretty sure the Bills were in MetLife Stadium last week against the Jets. So I don't even think the team had to travel anywhere. Like They could probably just stay in a hotel there all week in Rutherford, New Jersey. But I give me the Bills. It's a tough pick, but I'm going to say the Bills. Josh Allen showed some poise last week against the Jets. So I'm going to say the Bills. 49ers at the Bengals. I'll tell you what, man. Cincinnati held their own against Seattle. At home, I'm going with the Bengals. Say what you want. And, of course, my Cowboys are heading to Washington to face the Redskins. One of the oldest rivalries in the NFL. I got to take the Cowboys. Although I do love me some Adrian Peterson. I got to go with the Cowboys. Coming off a big win against the Giants. San Diego Chargers. <clears throat> sorry. Los Angeles Chargers. Travel to Detroit to face the winless and lossless Lions. Uh, but the Lions will have a loss handed to them after this game. Because Chargers are just going to get it done. Just a better team. And Lambeau Field on the frozen tundra that's not so frozen in September. The Packers host rival Vikings. Give me the Packers. They look good. Well, hmm. the defense looked good week one against Chicago. But I I don't know if that's a credit to the defense or how good they looked or how bad Mitch Trubisky looked. 
I think a little bit of both was factored in there. But give me the Packers against the Vikings in Lambeau. This game, also very tough to pick, the next one coming up. Tennessee Titans coming off a big win against the overhyped Cleveland Browns. Now host Jacoby Brissett and the Colts. Now, I told Sousa on last week's podcast, I'm a big believer in Brissett. I don't believe in Brissett this week against the Tennessee Titans, who I think are going to roll. So I picked the Titans. And like I said, the New England Patriots are heading down to Miami to face the Dolphins. Although my sizzling hot take was a one-score victory, I'm still going to pit the Pats. I mean, I'd be a fucking idiot not to. Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals face Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Give me the Ravens. Just an overall better team. I think Kyler Murray is going to struggle this week against that Ravens defense. Um, and we'll see what Lamar Jackson does. If he can, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to repeat a performance like that, but he had something to say to the media after that game. Said, not bad for a running back because everyone's saying, oh, you know, this guy, all he does is runs, can't throw. He threw the ball last week. Can he do it against the Cardinals? I think so. And, of course, Seattle is traveling to Heinz Field to face the Pittsburgh Steelers, who just got embarrassed on national television against the Patriots. Um, I think the Steelers are going to bounce back. Give me the Steelers at home. Give me Big Ben at home. A little bit of juju action, a little bit of James Conner. Um, I think the Seahawks will lose this one on the road. And then the Texans host the Nick Foles-less Jaguars. Texans should have won that game on Monday night. I'll say it. They're definitely going to win this game Sunday against Jacksonville. Then you got the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Oakland to face the Raiders. Give me the Chiefs. Um, I like the Raiders this year. I do. But it's the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes going to be too much for him. Uh, considering that the Raiders just lost their star rookie safety, uh, John Abram, uh, to the, for a season-ending injury. Pat Mahomes going to have a field day. And if you have any fantasy stock in this Chiefs-Raiders game, I suggest you start those players. Because I think points will be had. Chicago Bears travel to Mile High to face the Denver Broncos. Chicago looking to get a better performance than that week one debacle against the Packers. I think they get it. And I think they pick up a win. I think Chicago's defense on the road in Mile High can do enough to stop Joe Flacco, January Joe, in September. Now the rematch we've all been waiting for. The New Orleans Saints travel to L.A. to face the NFC Championship Rams. Saints are out for blood in this game after the no-call that cost them the Super Bowl, or at least a trip to the Super Bowl, last year. I got the Saints. Especially if the Rams don't use Todd Gurley like they didn't use them last week. Um, I think if the Rams want to win this game, they have to establish the run, which opens things up for Jared Goff to establish the pass, and then the Rams can get the ball moving and be the most productive offense like they've been for the past year. But I think the Saints need this game. they got to prove that last year was a fluke. They could have beat the Rams if it wasn't for the Zebras. Saints over the Rams in this one. And then on Sunday Night Football, the Philadelphia Eagles travel down South Atlanta, Atlanta, to face Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Give me the Eagles. Falcons were very unimpressive last week. They'd probably be a different team at home, but I think the Eagles would be too much for them. 
in primetime. And then Monday night, the overhyped Browns are looking to redeem themselves in Week 2 against the New York Jets. The Sam darnold Jets, who will not be playing this week due to mono. Okay, Sam Darnold, kissing ladies, bro. Okay, bro. Cleveland Browns over the Jets. Baker gets it done. I think OBJ has a good game. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, I might put a little caution on him. No Sam Darnold. Uh, I don't. Th- I think this one might be a blowout, and it might be a statement game. Hey, Gizzy. It might be a statement game for the Cleveland Browns. Um, and they send a message to the rest of the league that, you know, last week was just, you know, a hiccup. We're still the Browns. We're still very talented. Uh, I expect a blowout on Monday night. So that was game picks. I think we did everything I wanted to do. I'm not going to lie. This is pretty hard talking to yourself for almost an hour. I'm not one of those people who talks to themselves. I'm one of those people who's just all my thoughts are in my head and I don't really speak them out loud, but I, I, I've seen people who do talk to themselves and I'm not going to call it weird because, I mean, if you can't talk to yourself, who can you talk to? But uh, this was hard and very challenging. And uh, I think it went well. I think um, if the stellar seller never takes off, I might just do my own thing. Actually, you know what? I had a DM a little while ago about a couple weeks ago, from a girl, that's right, girls sliding in the DMs, and she said, thanks to your tweet about Mason Sleepers, whatever that is, LMAO, I've discovered your podcast, and I have no idea what you guys are talking about 95% of the time, but the first minute and a half of the first episode had me laughing. So if you guys ever decide just to do a regular shoot-the-shit funny type podcast, I'm so for it. Just thought I'd let you know you have my support. Laughing, crying face. I said thank you. I appreciate it and will definitely consider it in the future. So if this solo gig takes off, I might have to break up the band, Yoko. No, I miss my guys. I miss staring at Mason doing dumb shit like eating cookie dough or just staring off into space. I miss Sue's acting like he thinks he knows what he's talking about in fantasy, even though he hasn't won shit. So, yeah, this was uh, this was the Stella Seller Podcast with your host, your co-host, and special guest for today, Glenn Innes Jr. I thank you for joining me. Don't forget to follow the, uh, the podcast on Twitter. We're on Twitter. We tweet sometimes. We post things on Instagram. Um, Twitter is Stellar underscore pod, and our Instagram is Stellar Seller Pod. Once again, Twitter, it's Stellar underscore pod. And Instagram is at Stellar Seller Pod. Give us a follow. Send in your DMs, your questions. We can answer them on the pod. Hopefully in the future, I don't have to do a solo thing again. Because I know you guys are sick of hearing me talk. But I thank you for listening. And I think that's all the time we have for today. So guys... I'm going to get the fuck out of here.